0: Hey, this is Sharon and welcome back to the Business School Podcast. And in this episode, I talked to Senior Chief William Branham, retired Navy SEAL of 26 years, who served the United States in the U.S. Navy SEALs, and actually was one of the few military personnel that did um, mission sanctioned directly by the President of the United States. Insane, insane, insane individual. Uh... Will has taken his Navy SEAL experience and is now an amazing entrepreneur. And in this episode, we talk about how to do hard things, how to ask for help, and how to think like a Navy SEAL to get whatever you want in life. This is a super tactical and mind expanding episode with my friend William Branham and it all starts right now. senior chief, William Branham. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Hey, good, man. Hey, before we do anything, I want to, I've said this to you multiple times and I'll say this to you again. One of the most um, proud and honorable, like just things that I I'm so grateful for is being American. And I will tell you that a lot, and I'm an immigrant. and, And I say that with I am probably a more patriotic person than most Americans are because I know what it is like not being one and a big part of it is what you and your fellow brothers and sisters do to have done to serve this nation so uh before we talk about anything dude I want to just say thank you thank you for thank, thank you, you for yeah. serving us protecting us thank you it's uh, my my honor my pleasure dude so so Here's the cool part. I've heard, I've spent a lot of time with you. And I want to start with, um, POTUS approved missions. Okay. (laughs) There, I had no idea that there were certain missions in the U S Navy SEALs where you, where this was straight up, you know, came from the top where you said, and you've told me this, and you you use the words failure is not an option. And I love Correct. for you to maybe just—you don't, of course, you can't talk about it anyway. But I love for you to talk Correct. about like <laughs> um, how how often did this ha- happen, and how like talk about failure is not an option. I just want to talk about like
1: people don't even know that this exists and 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 how deep this goes. So maybe or maybe they think it. that all missions are POTUS approved, and they're absolutely not. And you know, uh, it's it's the difference between checkers and backgammon. You know. Uh, not even chess. It's like something even more complicated. As far as I know, I've never played backgammon, but it's looks very complicated to me, but you know, a regular SEAL mission, you know, we deploy a SEAL team deploys. We to Iraq, Afghanistan, Africa, wherever, South America, and we do whatever the job is that we need to do while we're there. Um, There are other missions that are of such strategic value that, and of such high risk, political risk, like absolute political risk. If you are, if you fail that mission, meaning you're compromised and maybe you're in some place that you're not supposed to be. And my face shows up on CNN, that is really bad. So uh, even the fact that there was an American presence in that location, really bad, like no communication, no electronic signals going out, no nothing. And so the the strategic intel that is coming from that mission is is of so so much importance that the approval process goes all the way up to the president of the United States. He signs off. I accept the risk for this mission. In the event that it goes bad, um, I accept it and we move on. And so there are only a handful of of things that happen. And, and I know all of only two organizations, uh, that are doing those missions. Now there's a lot of stuff that goes on, but I have been fortunate enough to be a part of some of these missions that, you know, do go up for that level of approval. Like they go through every person in the chain of command to the top the you know, in order to, to get that approval, you know, risk mitigation, risk mitigation, risk mitigation all the way up. Like maybe we're building technology along the way to, to do this mission that we don't, we didn't even have before. Right. And, uh, and so it's, 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 it's interesting. It's cool. It's very, you know, and, and the training. So that's just like the, the approval process, the training that goes into conducting that mission, you know, before you even, before you go out the door, before you even start training for that level of mission, you have to master the basics like absolutely master the basics and then so, you yeah. add some complexity there yeah well, let's okay, talk about that
0: let's talk about that so uh, my for some for some reason everyone is like okay well yes it, you know he's a navy seal he's a badass but like that's great but there is so much skill that goes into from the skill building skill learning component and you told me this the other day and you were like hey you know, if I want to, and you talked about maybe, uh, maybe you can talk briefly about this. You talked about uh, why you, you had like different cycles, right? And, and you would spend X amount of time doing different things and you'd say, hey, we're, right. I'm going to paratrooper school, I'm going to sniper school, etc. And here's the interesting part. As children, when we grow up, we are in school, then we go to college or whatever, and maybe some higher education and we're in school. And then we get, so we learn a bunch of stuff and then we get thrown in the workforce. Our onboarding is just like familiarizing yourself with email in the corporate world, and then you're like, "Go work, right?" right. And and saying that you don't know something or saying that you ask for training or whatever—it seems beneath us or seems like it's unfair to do. But what makes the the SEAL teams, what makes you good at what you do, is uh, being a student and 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 you right. choosing to say, "I'm going to go hire somebody to teach me how to do something." Like I'd
1: love for you to talk about that. Yeah, so that's, that's a great, great uh, kind of segue there. So one of the things that I have actually struggled with is asking for help. You know, I never wanted to show weakness or anything like that. And once I got over that, once I saw like people, like mentors of mine, like asking for help, I was like, oh, it's okay to show a little bit of weakness, but you have to grow from it. You just can't be weak and, and stay weak. You have to like, okay, I don't know how to do that. Raise your hand, be brave enough to say, I don't know how to do that can we hire someone? Can we, can someone else teach me how to do this? And once I, once I mastered that, I didn't master it, but I still, I still struggle with it at times because I don't like to, you know, appear weak or whatever, but, um, that's like, first you have to be brave enough to ask for help. And then you figure out what you need help with. And then you go out and you find a coach, you go out and find someone who is an expert in that. And that's like a, kind of a A a misconception. It's something that I didn't really think about when I left the SEAL teams. Is I'm now I'm in this world of entrepreneurship. I don't know how to be an entrepreneur. I don't know how to run a business. (laughs) I don't know any of that. And it was in like, and maybe I need to like learn like learn some of this before I hire a coach. I don't like. You got it. Like I never had the foundation. I I never had the basics. And so most of us go through that. And so but you know in the in the SEAL teams if we wanted to if I was teaching sniper school and I wanted to become a better sniper instructor I would go to a civilian or several civilian schools where these guys that's all they do all day shooting in snipe as a sniper is you know it's a it's a highly valuable skill but it's only like 20% of what we do there's 80% of other stuff that we have to be really good at so for me to be a better shooting instructor as a sniper I went to other civilian sniper schools when we talk about shooting or uh, you know, close quarters. There are, you know, all these top shooters in the world. We'll go to their school and they'll teach us how to, you know, shoot faster, transition between our, our primary and secondary faster. They'll teach us all these basics. And then we take those basics or maybe more advanced skill sets. And then we'll apply those into our own tactics, techniques, and procedures so that we are better at what we do at the end of the day. Dude,
0: I, this is so powerful. And let, let me you said something which was which was actually fascinating right so two things that i want to sh- share with folks and and this is a show about you but but there's two things that you said which are super powerful number one you said hey i don't know how to be an entrepreneur i just got out of the seal teams i don't you know i don't know how to run a big business i don't know and and uh, a lot of us say that and I, I i think that there's a really powerful tweak to that and what i want to uh offer to you and to others just listening right now is here just listening to William say that should give us all confidence. Like that's really cool. But the second is I would put a yet at the end of it. I don't know how to run a big business yet. I don't know how to build funnels yet. And what it does is it gives you permission to do the next thing. And that's the cool part about it. Right. So often you won't hear me be like, Hey, I haven't figured that out yet. And the yet becomes a really, really it's an, it's an enabling word, which is insanely powerful. Right. But the second thing though, is this, I think what uh, when when in the stories that you have shared, I think what you have shared with me that doesn't that that you, that all that everyone in the SEAL team from the military do with so much humility that most people in, in the civilian world don't do is that they believe that they have to have their problem packaged so beautifully and then go find a coach or a mentor. I'm like the entire idea of finding a coach or a mentor is to is to outsource the messiness to them. Like it's okay. not you should not have. I don't want a beautiful question from you. I want all your mess because I know I can sort through that. Because otherwise, if you can sort through a great
1: question, then you'll figure out the answer. The hardest part's coming up with the real question. And, and that's, that's part of it is the, having the, the bravery, the courage to ask for help. And that's, I think that's where most people fail. That's where most people, they fail themselves because they're not brave enough. They don't have the courage to admit that they don't know something. I've, I certainly, I still struggle with that, but I, I'm getting better over with practice and repetition. But it's, you know, it's sometimes, yeah. I think that's that's really it. Just be brave enough to ask a question. It doesn't matter if it's a dumb question to you. It's probably a, a way to get started because we don't know how to start yet. Yeah. And, yeah. But we have to say, hey, I need help with, getting started, and I don't know how to do it yet. Can you help me? Yes, I can. Do this, 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 and this. Okay, check. Dude, how, and then,
0: yeah, you've, you've literally, um, built a business from scratch, which by the way, is one of the hardest things to do. And, and is like, and you know, it is the hard like from the time that you're like, what LLC paperwork paperwork do I file? What contracts do I write? What vendor contracts do I do? Oh, I suddenly have this tariff that I need. Like it is just operating a business without even selling one thing itself is so difficult. How have you, you are naturally a um, you're a gifted person because you have been very successful at what you do. Like you're confident. You're like, Hey, I, I can handle myself. I can handle difficult situations. I can handle stress. I can handle all of that. How do you go from, Hey, I feel stuck. I don't know how to do this. Like, How do you, how do you stop and say, I need to ask,
1: like ask for help on this. How do you do that? It was. It, it, it's been a long journey. So from pretty early on, I, I advanced, you know, uh, ranks in the SEAL teams pretty quickly because I did a good enough job at my job. And, um, so people continued to put me in leadership roles. I wasn't always prepared to be in those leadership roles. I wanted the role, but I knew that I didn't know a lot of things that I needed to do. And I remember being, uh, as a platoon chief where you are the senior enlisted guy of 22 other guys. And I have one officer above me, but really I'm the, I'm the subject matter expert. In theory, I know everything about everything, all tactics, techniques, and procedures. I've done it, I've been there, I've done that. And when I took on that role as a platoon chief, there were skill sets that I did not know. I was never trained in them because of the, where I started in, in, my, in my career. And so I had to learn really right along with the guys that I was leading. And so I had to be very creative, but (laughs) I was, I admitted to myself and, and, and to some other people, trusted people that I didn't know how to do this. So what I had to do is actually, I, one had to be brave enough to admit that I don't know it, but I'm going to learn it and I'm going to learn it faster and better than anyone else here, because that's the, that's the, that's the pressure that I put on myself. That's the promise I made to myself. I'm going to know this better than anyone else. And I'm going to make sure that all of these guys that are looking to me for guidance are going to be able to do it than anyone else outside. So, so what I ended up doing for this particular, this was close quarters combat. And I had already deployed to Afghanistan. And I'd done it in real life, but I'd never been through a, like a formal block of training. And so here we were uh, I was the subject matter expert and I'm like, okay, let's go figure it out. So I got with the training department as much as I could. And I, you know, I went through blocks of training. Uh, I, I went through very basic crawl, walk, run scenarios with them until I learned it. I brought other guys in my leadership. I set up special training so that, you know, the guys that are above me and the guys who are kind of these key leaders below me, we're all learning it together again, because they changed some of the TTPs the way that we're doing it. And then we were able to come back and we were able to give it to the, to the, to the rest of the guys. And then we as a leadership, uh, a group of leaders were able to help bring the guys that had never done it before up to speed more quickly. But it was really based on my not knowing. I'm like, hey, let's, let's get this together. Let's learn the newest, latest and greatest right now together as a team. And without me admitting that I don't know how to do this, I was very eyes wide open, looking around and doing everything twice, working it all in my mind. And as I've matured, and it, it took a lot of maturity, I was able to admit that I don't know how to do this. Do something because I've been in charge of guys. I had a guy that was a doctor on the outside world. He decided he didn't want to be a doctor anymore. He wanted to become a Navy SEAL, so he was working for me <laughs> as a junior guy. I had a guy that worked for NASA as a uh, an aeronautical engineer, a rocket scientist he didn't want to do that anymore. He wanted to become a Navy seal and he was working for me. And I'm like, I'm not qualified to lead these men in combat, but wait, I am because I know how to lead. I know how to, uh, be humble enough to ask them questions. How would you do this? And when I learned to, when I became brave enough to ask someone how to do it, someone who's junior to me, one, I gained their respect, like that. I value their, their opinion. And two, there I, I showed that I was a little bit vulnerable. I'm like, I don't know everything, but I'm going to learn it from you and you and you and you. And so it took time. It took practice. It took repetition. But once I you know, got those reps in and I became more comfortable being uncomfortable, uh, asking for help, it became easier as I got out. I still struggle with it. I think we yeah. all do. But, but, but yeah. once I was like, yeah. once I sort of wrapped my head around it, I'm like, what are you afraid of? Just do it. But but here's the question for you: Do you believe
0: that all things being equal right now, do you believe that uh, you know that you have to learn new skills and capabilities to run and grow your business? You know that, so do I, in different in different ways. But do you believe that you can learn almost anything? Yes, absolutely. Dude, I, I, that, I, and do you believe that um, you can find somebody? That can teach you almost
1: anything. Yeah, 100%. But right. I didn't always believe that I could learn everything. Some things just seem so unattainable. I'm like, how do you yeah. do that? Like, how yeah. that just, I, it doesn't seem possible. Yeah. But then I also have to do a little bit of introspection. I look at, you know, my past. And I'm like, I've learned and done things that I thought were impossible. So why, is, how is this next project different? This next thing different? So, but it took time and it took, uh, you know, it took creating those small victories to, to to really build the confidence in order to 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 accept that that I I can learn anything. Yeah, yeah do I want to learn it? And you question. know,
0: and that's the that's the uh, I'll, I'll share this with you. Um, and then uh, I have a I have a question, couple of questions on on. Uh, on buds because everybody wants to know about buds Uh, and and everyone its like this ethereal thing that no one believes but they want to hear about over and over again right Uh, so my son my son neil is he's 10 and and all i care about will is for him to feel like hey i'm stuck somebody or someone or something can help me get unstuck i just want him that's all i want him to believe so a lot of times when he's stuck the other day he was he was stuck with the rubik's cube thing And he, you know, he tried to watch a YouTube video and he figured it out, but he couldn't for some reason. And below the YouTube video, it had like, this guy was selling coaching, you know? And he's like, dad, I just need to learn this one algorithm. Can I talk? I'm like, how, and to me, I was, you know, I was like, that is the greatest thing that a son can ask for. Saying he figured, he worked it all himself, he got stuck, he couldn't get anywhere, and he's like, this guy can help me, can you buy me the half an hour of coaching? And literally, and it was like 50 bucks or something like that, I PayPal this guy, he gets on Zoom with my son, in like three minutes my son figures out this Rubik's cube, and he was done, he was so happy, the next time he was like, oh, if I get stuck, I should, instead of spending all that time watching these YouTube videos, I should've just called him and he would've shown it to me. And and when someone asks me, right, how do you learn things? And I go, find the person as soon as possible because the human trans—it's not about the coaching; it's the human transfer of warmth, energy, and knowledge—is the fastest possible transfer, right?
1: Right. And it just, which is, which is, so, which is super, super cool. So, uh, let, let's. And it's, it's interesting. So, in the in the SEAL teams, we have, uh, or really in the Navy, there's sort of a. A, a tradition of, you know, there's a senior guy that takes the the new guy under his belt and call him the sea daddy. And they sort of help you help uh, show you the way, show you the ropes. And uh, you know, our friend Ray was yeah. my sea daddy in my very first seal platoon. Like he showed me like things that I needed to do that were not specifically tactical things, but they were like daily things, like how to do this, how to put the boats together, how to whatever do, you know, dewater an engine that we just launched out of a a submarine 30 feet below or you know inflate but you know doing you know different radio things with with comms and things like that but like i I didn't know how to do that like they just like i showed up and they just took me under their wing okay let's go we're gonna go do this okay awesome and i learned it and
0: and then i was teaching
1: the next guy and teaching the next guy
0: yeah the human knowledge transfer is amazing so so he he, i want to um you've told me the story before but i think it's everyone thinks that um, you were just born, and you just show up at buds. Like you just show up, in, <laughs> you, just show, you just show up at training, right? Uh, but when you joined the Navy, you didn't. You wanted to be. You wanted to be a Navy SEAL, and uh, and that was the, the motivation. But you didn't. You didn't go. It didn't happen right away for you, right? Correct.
1: And so, where was your like first assignment? So I joined the Navy. I I went to boot camp. I took the SEAL screening test and I failed it. I really didn't fail it. I just quit on the push-ups. I was like, Oh, I don't know if I can do all the push-ups that they need me to do. And so that, that was, that set me back a little bit, but I, I went to, I, I made some other tactical decisions that, in, that landed me on a ship in Yokosuka, Japan. And because of those tactical decisions, I still almost didn't get to go to buds. And so I had to spend two years on this ship because of the, The school that I chose to go to because I thought I would go to the school, I'd get in better shape, then I would go to SEAL training. And that was not the case. The the case was even if I failed out of that school, I still was going to go to that ship in Yokosuka, Japan, because that's how the Navy works. And then when it was time for me to transfer to to my next duty station, I called the guy that does the transfer of orders and he said, yeah, that's great. Uh, You want to be a Navy SEAL? Not today, my friend. Uh, You're too critical to the Navy. And I was like, but the, your reenlistment bonus is nothing, and then for it to be a SEAL, it's like twenty grand, which is still not that much money today. But, um, but they were given like five thousand dollars to reenlist. I'm like, I that doesn't compute in my brain, logic. And so, I'm not going to stay doing this Navy job that I didn't really sign up to do. I signed up to become a Navy SEAL, and so. The chief of naval operations, who's the most senior guy in the Navy, the only people who are senior to him is the secretary of defense and the president of the United States came to my little ship in Yokosuka, Japan. And he had CNO's call and he's like, does anyone have any questions? I raised my hand. I was like, hey, I joined the Navy to be a SEAL. Uh, I think I deserve a chance to go. My detailer won't let me go. And I didn't really understand the gravity of really who I was talking to. Um, there was just someone who could maybe help me get there. And and uh, he turns to my commanding officer and he said, like, is he a good guy? And he was like, yeah, he was the sailor of the quarter, which is like employee of the month, uh, this this quarter. And so he turns back to me, he's like, check, you'll be in the first class after your, your PRD, which is planned rotational date. And then six weeks later, I'm off to California. So- Dude,
0: that is so insane. You, but, but here's the cool part. What people don't realize is this, like I have not heard that part of the story, but what people don't realize is this, raise your hand. Like the whole, the whole lesson for for help ask. Yeah. Just raise your hand and just tell people like you With conviction said I joined the Navy to be a seal. This is what happened. I'd like to do this. And, and like raise your hand. Like this is insane, right? Like in sales, we say just no one's going to buy your stuff unless you make an offer. Right. (laughs) You have to ask. Yeah. Like send an email or something like, it would be nice if right. someone had a button to click on. So uh, which is very cool. Like, you, you know, I, and dude, I love those stories because you asked, you got denied and then there's a situation where you showed up and you asked again and, and right. and I think it's so powerful. Like, like if anyone's listening right now, just like ask,
1: you just ask have to be brave me. enough to ask that no one's going to, the only answer that can happen is either yes or no. There's, there's only two options. Yes or no. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you know, maybe your, your, your pride or your ego kind of gets in the way there, but don't just be brave enough to ask. It's fine. Yes or no. There's, there's only two options. So, so um, he,
0: he gave you the green light, you rotated off and you went to, you went to SEAL training and, um, and then everyone talks about SEAL training and then they talk about hell week. which i'm assuming is i like dude i've heard i think i've talked to i don't know 20 seals about hell week it is the same story everyone's it's exactly the same which is you know there's a couple of nuanced differences but every time i hear about Hell week it's fascinating but you told me something that was very cool and i'd love for you to tell the story of the the one thing that is constant in hell week
1: uh so yeah go ahead No, which is the meals, right? Like I love that when you told me that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hell week is five and a half days of no sleep. You're wet. You're miserable. You're carrying this boat around on your head the entire time. But there's one thing that's constant is they feed you four times a day. You're burning a lot of calories. So that is, that is a guaranteed break that you get to take during hell week. And so it didn't matter how much it sucked, how terrible things were. As long as you, all you had to do is make it to the next meal. Like I'm I'm laying here in the Pacific ocean. It's cold. I'm jackhammering. I can't feel my legs. And uh, it doesn't matter because that, that event is going to end because they have to feed you in like an hour. So they're going to get you really cold and then they're going to get you out of the water and they're going to warm you up by running you around with this boat and do stupid races. And then you're going to go to chow. You're going to go eat. And then you get to sit down and take a break. Maybe have some coffee. Because you haven't slept in three or four days, uh, not that it really helps, but uh, just to kind of warm <laughs> your inside a little bit, and then off you go again, back at it, and and so you get a little bit of a break, you get to uh, you get to take a little break. So now, no matter how miserable it is, you just have to get to the next meal, and the next meal, and the next meal, and pretty soon Hell Week is over, and you're like, oh, this was awesome. Now we eat pizza and Gatorade. But but you've seen people what do you, what do you call it? Fail out of, or, or, or wash out of hell week. Yeah. Lots, lots of people. Like some people, it's just the, the mindset of like, I don't, I, I can't do this anymore. And you absolutely can't. They just finished, you know, eating dinner and now we're, or getting ready to go to dinner. Like they would quit right before dinner or, you know, we're in the ocean and they're just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. There's the door, no. man. Yeah. It's right over there. You're, you're actually slowing me down right now. I'm, I'm trying to go forward and you're slowly pulling me backwards. So they head that way.
0: But, but, but what was your, I mean, your mindset going in was this failure is not an option mindset.
1: Yeah. hundred percent.
0: But, but how do you come up with the failure is not an option. Mind? Was, it, was it ingrained in you as a child? Like, how did you come up with the failure is not an option mindset?
1: I think I I never, I think i've always had the 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 never quit sort of attitude which has kind of not been awesome for me at times um but you know not knowing when to let go when to say no um but you know i there's nothing else i wanted to do in my life was then to to become a navy seal and once i'm on that path like what like i can get hurt and i did get hurt several times in buds it took me 13 months to, to graduate from a six month block of training. So I got, you know, I had to repeat some stuff a few times, but um, yeah, there was no, there was like quitting was never even a, a thought in my mind. Now there were always these little sort of micro quits that we kind of do sometimes where we kind of feel sorry for ourselves. Oh, my legs hurt. My lungs are on fire. Oh, I'm going to throw up because I've been working so hard and breathing so hard. And I'm like, maybe I should slow down. Don't slow down. Just keep going. You'll work through that pain in a minute and you'll be fine. But I, I didn't learn those kind of physical challenging lessons until I was there and I was experiencing it. And that was kind of the, the purpose of Buds. It's just, just a, it's a selection process. Do you have the grit to, to keep going when it really, really sucks? Because I can tell you without a doubt that I've been in scenarios in the real world where Buds was super easy. Buds was a cakewalk. because you always know that like this event is going to end in the real world when things were going not great you never know when that's going to end and you know you might go out for for you know a a three-hour mission and you're still out in the field three weeks later working things out and that's not that's not awesome but but, but, not knowing when it's going to end
0: well i mean and and so here's something that you and i have not often talked about and i think that A lot of people, um, a lot of people have, they want the, the guarantee of success
1: before they say yes to something. There's no guarantee. Right? Like (laughs) in (laughs) in anything, it doesn't matter what you do. There's no guarantee.
0: Well, because again, that's the conversation a lot of times, right? Which is, um, Hey, I want to run Facebook ads and you tell your Facebook ads guy, well, if you can't get me 17%, you know, 17 X ROI, I'm not doing this. And the guy is like, I have no idea if this is gonna, if this is gonna work. Uh, When you and I were hiring your team member, like when you hired a team member, you're like, I have no idea if this is gonna, you may have to let that person go tomorrow. I have no idea. But a lot of things that we do is we expect, and I wanna ask you this question, like we expect six pack abs. Like people are yeah. just dreaming about six pack abs and they say, well, if you can guarantee me six pack abs, then I will do intermittent fasting. Then I will do P90X. Then I
1: will do CrossFit. Then I will, and then I still won't do it because add, that guarantee is not a good enough. There guarantee. is no, There are no guarantees, but you know what, what is guaranteed? You won't get it if you don't do the work, if you don't put in the effort and, and do the work and, and start down the path. Like you have to start with day one before you can end with six pack abs on day 180 or whatever it is. You have to start. And then keep going. And you have to make it a campaign, you know, because campaigns are things that you do every day. In the military, we have military campaigns of of action. Um, If you make whatever that thing is that you want to do, you build a plan and you create, you know, these small victories like I'm going to get to here and I have a plan of how I'm going to attack it. And then you get to there, and maybe you have to keep going. Maybe you didn't get the result that you wanted after 180 days. Maybe you have to go another 180 days, or or whatever the number is, um, to get there. But you definitely the guarantee is if you don't start, you will never get there.
0: Dude, I, I, you know it's so powerful, and and I I I am, I speak from uh, personal experience that I am nowhere close to perfect, and I I struggle with this a lot, and I wish I had. little bit of your uh, never quit pixie dust, like sprinkled all over (laughs) me, right. And that's why I buy all your products, which is so cool. And that's, that's my way of like trying to get some of your pixie dust. But my question, there's there's someone listening right now that is either thinking about um, having a better relationship with their children, fixing their marriage, having uh, having better health, uh, you know, having growing their business, having a better relationship with their employees, uh, what what have you there is a which they know, take some discipline and take some effort and they know it's going to be uncomfortable. Like the knowledge that it's going to take time, it's going to take effort and it's going to be uncomfortable. Like they know that we know that the diet is going to be hard. We know it. How do you talk to like, what is your advice to that person? That is like they see this mountain of time, effort and discomfort that they know. And on the other side of that exists what they really want. How, how do you talk to them and say, like, help them understand that scaling this mountain is, is, is necessary and it's powerful and is needed and empowering?
1: Well, they have, I mean, first they have to, they have to have the the desire to get there. And then they have to take their ego and put that thing in the corner. And that's what I call the kind of get naked mindset. It's where yeah. you take your ego, you set it to the side, and you kind of come back to like the, the real you without all this other noise and judgment and anything else. You know, when you, you know, when we go into combat, we take our, we put our armor on and we go into harm's way and we come back and we take it off in life. We, we just kind of wear our ego around all the time. We almost never take it off. And that's sort of this get naked mindset when you're able to like mentally take that ego off and say, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to make use these, all of these excuses to, to, to get there. And, uh, and, and so I, I came up with a, with an acronym to kind of help out with that, which is, yes. which is naked. It's, it stands for never quit, accept failure, kill mediocrity, expose your fears and do the work. And that's, and, and if you want to learn more about that, you can go to five Seal secrets, the number five seal, S E A L secrets.com five seal secrets.com and, and download a, a, a PDF where I kind of break it all down for you. Um, and, and so you can learn really what get naked is all about. And it's, again, it's a mindset that you have to apply every single day and, you know, do that campaign of get naked. And it, sometimes you, it's, you you can only use like one of those tools that are in there and, and to apply it to one thing in your life. And then sometimes you need to apply, you know, all five tools. To to the the five things in your life, or that one thing, and then once you master that one thing, you can go on and and you can uh, apply those tools to another thing in your life and another thing, and then you will be able to like once you start getting the momentum of going forward and applying these get naked secrets, these these uh, these tools, uh, then then that you're you're unstoppable. Nothing can stop you. But you just have to keep doing it every day and keep applying those secrets every single day. it's so powerful.
0: What is your what is your perspective on kind of like this lopsided life that people live? And let me explain what I mean. Uh, I know so many people who are and I'm in this bucket, which is why I it is easy to say, who are um, drivers and so deeply disciplined and committed in one part of their life. But it fails and breaks down in another. And and so you you have like I have friends who are amazing entrepreneurs. They will work. They will wake up at three thirty a.m. and work their face off, and and they'll do hard work in the morning, like build PowerPoint decks, create new campaigns, write emails, think about leadership, all of that. But they won't go for a ten minute walk, even though they want a better health life. But they right. but but if if you looked at their life from the outside looking in, you're like. But this guy, like you can see, this guy or gal is willing to do the work in one area of their life, but
1: not in the other. Any thoughts on why it is that way? They're because doing the other work is uncomfortable. They're very comfortable suffering through one aspect, but not comfortable doing the other thing. Like it's like just kind of what you said just go take a 10 minute walk. How easy is that? That's like the easiest thing asking a question. Hey, how can I do this? Like, it's so hard to just ask for help. It's super hard to just go for a walk. Like, the person that doesn't want to go for a walk, they're like, "Oh my god, I have to like get walking shoes. I have to like lace them up. I have to put socks on. Like, take take off my my work. Wait, it's going to be hot outside. It's going to be a little sweaty. I have to take my slide to put on like you know jogging shorts or sweatpants because maybe it's too cold outside. And like, there are all these excuses. Like, it's so hard. It's just a walk. You don't have to change shoes. You have to you just you can go barefoot if you want and walk outside for 10 minutes, but there's there are these, these uh, it, you don't really wanna do it. You know that you should, but you don't really wanna do it and you're not gonna do it until you're ready to do it. And that how, just takes like a, just a, a, a different mindset. Like you just like, just do it. <laughs> how, how do you, um, do you
0: think that, uh, so like for some people this um, accountability works, you know, and. and dude and i'll tell you like i am the number one person that um like i can pay for accountability and not care about my accountability like i you right. know i have i have tried this i have paid to go to work out of the gym and i literally would text the guy and be like i have no problem with you keeping my cash like i am not coming this morning and i and i woke up i've woken for a thousand days in a row at four forty five a.m and i am nowhere close to being a navy seal and my question what i can't translate is i i, I guarantee you will there are there I've seen so many people and and this is I'm obsessed with this I can't figure out why how someone has so much uh uh, uh, discipline motivation drive uh and, and 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 just just obsession to do well in one area of their life but the other breaks down and I do not understand that and it happened it's happening in my life too and and I am trying to figure out I'm like There has to be a a bridge and a parallel, some kind of parallel that I can say, wow, if only, dude, if only I did, if only I did 10% of the things that I do in the successful areas of my life and the things that I don't do well, my life would be in a completely different
1: trajectory. Yeah, I think you just don't want to do it. You don't want to do those things. And so you're not going to (laughs) until you decide, until you decide that you want to do it, you're not going to do it. And once Uh, you're okay with that, like don't let it like bother you that you're not doing it. You don't want to do it. So don't do it. Once you're ready to do it, then you'll do it. Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't like, don't like account, like I understand accountability, partnership, and and things like that. But if you don't want to do it, you're not gonna. And that's where the discipline comes in. You have to, if you're if you want to do it, you have to create that discipline in your life, like you do for the 5 a.m. club. You create that discipline and you do it because you wanna do it. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't like getting up early, (laughs) so I'm not going to do it. I can tell myself that I want to do it, but I like when I'm honest with myself, I don't want to do it. Um, so in the same thing goes for working out or anything else, like I don't want to work on that funnel. Like that's, that's work. Okay. I'm just going to do it. It's once I, once I figure out in my own mind, like I want to do this, even though I don't really know how to do it, I'm just going to start chipping away at it and, and build, you know, Chip away at the statue until I have what I want, but I have to want to, to chip away at the statue before before I'm ever going to do it.
0: Yeah, I think you said something that was super powerful, uh, which kind of which connected with me, which is you know being kind of honest with yourself. I think that was that was a good one, and I think that especially smart people, especially like really smart people. Are so so brilliant that they can talk themselves into anything, especially and out of anything. Right? It, it is it is like my son who's super he's super smart, super intellectual. His excuses will are insane. Like they're the most well thought out excuse. I'm like, dude. Like I'm so proud of you for the quality of your excuses. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and 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 it's me too. Like when I wake up, I'm like, ah, I, I, I'm like, ah, I am like oh, i did not sleep well last night. My melatonin is low. I, I can come up with three hundred excuses. Right and I think the being honest with yourself as an entrepreneur, as a father, as a friend gets really real when you were when you had a lot you know when you were platoon leader, you had you, you had guys kind of young guys working with you working for you. How did you kind of install the be honest with yourself mindset in them?
1: um I think I, I, I don't know if I really did uh, because some of that is just things that I've learned along the way. And, and and I've learned a lot of it after being out because I, you know, it's, it's easy to hide some of your flaws when you're just like go all the time, come on, let's go get some. And you're like, like there's so much other stuff going on and you're, you know, other people can kind of pick up your slack and we're trained to do that. Like if, if, you know, if I'm, if we're clearing a room, we're going in, and and I go left. I know that you're going to go right. You're going to you're going to do the thing that if I missed a, a threat, you're going to pick it up. And that's just the way that we roll. Now that I don't have that same team or the same people around me that have that level of that are watching what I'm doing and, and picking up my slack, um, I've had to do more introspection, if that's the right word. I don't yeah. know how to say it. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of figure that out for myself and be honest with myself. And some of this, you know, is just my own journey uh, in the SEAL teams. And also as I exited the SEAL teams and, and, and figuring a lot of this stuff out. Uh, but I, I was interested at times where we were doing like, you know, we were, we're doing a couple of weeks, three, four weeks of jumping out of airplanes at high altitudes and doing some very complicated Canopy control jumping out at like 25,000 feet on oxygen with rucksacks and it's work. It's so much work. And then flying your parachutes and being in a formation and there's a right way to do it. And all the other ways are wrong. And at the end of that training, we're all pretty good at jumping. And then we were going to do like a day or two of just like super Hollywood, just skydive, just go out there and just have fun in the sky it's not work anymore. And I had a bunch of guys that were like, I, I don't want to do that. I've, I'm, I'm jumped out. I don't want to jump anymore. And I was like, what? You just put all that work in there. And so they were being, they were being absolutely honest. And I appreciated that. I was taken back. Cause I'm like, I want to go jump. I want to go have fun now and not just work. Um, so, I, so as a leader, I learned some of those lessons about, you know, just be, be honest with me, be honest with yourself. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, I want to finish up with this, 20- plus years in the SEAL teams? 26.
1: 26 years- I mean, really, 26 years in the Navy, I was in the SEAL teams for 23. So it's easier 20, to just say 26. Yeah, yeah,
0: 26 years in the Navy, you've seen and learned multiple lifetimes worth of stuff with the amount of stress that was put on you and your, your teams. Um, recent, comparatively a recent transition into being an entrepreneur, building your own business from the ground up, et cetera. Uh, leave us with some thoughts on kind of in the last, for the, in the last couple of years, what have been the transitional learnings been for you on the, from the,
1: from the SEAL teams to the business world? Um, I think, well, first of all, let, let me just talk about transition really quickly in the SEAL teams, we practice transitions. And what I mean by that is we all, when we go to do an operation, when we go, you know, go find someone in their house or go do something. We, there are these transition points in the mission where things can go really sideways. They can. So those transition points are, you know, you're taking Humvees into a, an area, you get out of the Humvee, that's a transition point, And now you're patrolling to the target. So they don't hear you coming in, in vehicles. Uh, and then when you, you do the actions on the objective, you take care of business on the target, the transition from the building back to the to the Humvees, that's a transition. And those are the times where things can go really, really bad. Those are also times when we tend to be a little more lackadaisical in our, a little more complacent in our uh, decision-making and, and kind of the things that are going on. So what we end up doing, and those are those are things when things just, just go sideways, even if nothing bad happens. Like, how did we lose someone? Like, that's not possible. <laughs> so what we... So like we were all right there and now they're not in the vehicle. Like they didn't even know where the vehicle was. They went to the wrong vehicle. So what we end up doing is we will do a dirt dive. We call it a dirt dive a rock drill, something like that. And practice the transitions um, of we, we don't need to practice the action zone. We don't need to practice the breach, the going into the house, things like that. We need to practice like get in the vehicle and know where your seat is. Like the basics coming back to the basics. Okay. Drive the vehicles from there to here. Okay, drive. Okay, now practice the comms over the radio. Yeah, check. Okay, get out. Everyone gets out and we get in the order that we're gonna patrol to the target. And then we say, okay, actions on the objective, done. Vehicles, move to your positions, check. Now, and everyone's just standing around waiting for that to happen. And then, okay, we're going to extract. Vehicles, go to your position. Everyone, the vehicles go to their position-ish. And then, okay, load the vehicles. And we still have guys go to the wrong vehicle. It seems so simple, but that's why we do those transitions. Um, So that we, we practice it while it's easy before it's like dark, you're on night vision, you can't talk. Maybe someone starts shooting at you, bombs. Like there's no stress right now. This is the time where it should be easy. So let's practice it while it's easy. And then once it gets hard, like, we're doing it for real, you already have a familiarization of, of where you need to go and what you need to do when when it when it needs to happen. Now, I said all that and I completely forgot your question. <laughs> no, 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 I, I think that was like uh, an awesome
0: transition to the transition. It was the, the practice it while it's easy is such a it's so good, right? It's 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 so it's so good. Um, because I, I talk about a lot of times about, hey, make let's pre make all the decisions. Let's front load the effort. And I've just, I'm like, Hey, when, when these three, I'm going to send out a sales email. And when as when a response comes back, I'm this is how I'm going to handle it. Like I pre it's not like I'm going to, when I get a sale or when I get a support request, I'll figure out what it is. No, I know that right. these three things could possibly break. Let me just handle that right now in a FAQ or in a scripting for the team to handle. And like small, like the smallest
1: of things changes so much when you say practice it when it's easy. It's the transport. details. The, the, yeah. Those small details that seem insignificant, which are the things that can completely like be mission failure at the end of the day.
0: So, so leave us with this, right? So my, my big question was, you know, in this transition to being an entrepreneur now, kind of over the last couple of years, one or, one or two of your biggest learnings or insights that you have felt or uh, experienced that you probably did not know before? Let's see. That's a good
1: question. Um, I think, I think lessons that I would apply that I've learned in the, in the, in the SEAL teams is, you know, make bold adjustments. If you're just kind of like making small micro adjustments and things aren't really changing for you, make bold adjustments. And I say that, you know, really based on when I was a sniper instructor and I was really the guy that was in, in the SEAL platoon as a sniper. I was the guy that was really in charge of helping guys get their gun sighted in more quickly. And it's, you know, kind of a misnomer that seals know how to do that right away. If they don't, they still have to learn it. And, you know, some guys that are more worried about like blowing things up than, than shooting, they're like making these tiny adjustments and the, they're not watching the bullet get to the bullseye. And so I'll just come over and I'll make giant adjustments on their, on their sights and then it moves the, the, the round impact across the paper and then much closer to the to the bullseye. And then they can kind of dial it in from there. But sometimes you just have to make bold adjustments in your life. If, if those micro things aren't moving anything in your life, do something bold, do something, do the opposite of what you think should happen. And I think that's one of the one of the lessons that I've learned on the outside also of, of doing something bold. And, you know, really when I came out with like, get naked, people are like, oh, that's a little bit, uh, risque. It's like, yeah, I know it is. It's bold and it's in your face and it's about being raw and real. And so that was kind of one of those make bold adjustments. Like I naked warrior. That's kind of cool. Get naked. What? So yeah, yeah. I think so that's good. a, that's, that's a, that's a valuable lesson that I took from the SEAL teams and have applied, uh, in, in my business.
0: Yeah. So good, man. So, um, you you have, for folks. We'll, we'll link up all this stuff. But uh, Naked Warrior Recovery is is one of your companies right now, which, uh, which is done, which is awesome. I love your product. so everyone should go check Thank check you. it out, which is very cool. Um, you are being invited around the world to be a keynote speaker and share your experiences of leadership, being in the SEAL teams, and and just you know how you build, train, grow organizations, which is very cool. And but most and then the most fundamental level everyone has a chance to learn the seal secret. So I'd love for you to maybe
1: give out your PDF link one more time so people can really benefit from that. PDF link is is five, the number five, sealsecrets.com, five sealsecrets.com. And uh, I'll give you the secret to that is naked, N-A-K-E-D, five. There's five letters in naked. So N-A-K-E-D, five sealsecrets.com, five, the number five sealsecrets.com.
0: Good, so good. Hey man, um, I appreciate you. Spending time with you is always a treat. Thank you, sir. uh, um, thank you for your service. You are, you are awesome uh, and you are an inspiration to so many people, including me, and I appreciate you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Hey, Sharon, I have a cool gift for you. I took some of my best ideas from the last 20 years and created a five-day MBA. It's quick and action-packed. That you can listen to on the go, just like this podcast. And I want to give it to you for free, just as a thank you for listening to the show. No fluff, no gimmicks, just pure actionable ideas for you to use instantly. You can grab it right now at businessschoolshow.com. That's businessschoolshow.com.